Hey out there, everybody, and welcome to Caffeination 541, the 541st edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. Hopefully you are out there having a fantastic evening, day, night, or afternoon. Uh, hopefully you're not just listening to us while you sleep, so maybe a siesta would not work out. But uh, we have a lot of stuff lined up for you tonight. Uh, this is the Greatest Hits edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. And what that basically means is that I put two shows well too close together and I couldn't find enough other stuff out there. So I wanted to make sure that I still had some interesting things to talk to about. Hopefully you are uh, going to be able to find this and all of the other shows that are lovingly nestled in over at www.caffination.com that's caffeination.com if you are looking for me on the socials and the media you can find me at caffeination on twitter i am the caffeination on instagram and everything is listed over on our website so it makes it a little bit easier if you are looking to call into the listener line and leave your audio feedback, you can do so at 215-240-1319. We have a Facebook fan page. We have a whole bunch of other little things that are all lined up. All right, so uh, one of the fun things that we're going to be doing here tonight is we're going to be running through some of the past stories that we've talked about and where they currently are, because this podcast has been around for around 10 years. Yes, we did take a, uh, <laughs> a rather long hiatus. Actually, we've been around for 11 years, if I'm really thinking about it. But since 2007 to 2018, it is a rather long swath of time. It's kind of funny. I... Uh, wrote an article about the uh, iPhone when it first came out and said how it would never amount to anything, and that's why I'm not in uh, <laughs> the larger sector of uh, tech journalism. Um, yeah, there's a couple other funny ones that, uh, that I have to uh, really reference. Uh, I have to dig back through the early, early archives to, to find them all. Uh, the iPhone article is not linked up in here. I think I talked about it on episode like 13 or something, but I have to find it. Uh one of the things that we do like here is uh, we do like talking about our geek life. The geek life that we got going on for you here right now is I am prepping for travel, and by the time you listen to this wonderful uh, podcast that is lovingly nestled into your ear holes, it will be while I am currently traveling. We're heading out to New Mexico to visit my folks, so I am out in New Mexico while you are listening to this, potentially. Um I usually live in Philadelphia, and when I do live, that is, and uh, that ties into the next thing that we have. We like zombies around here at the Caffeination Podcast, and three of our most popular stories that seem to keep coming up again and again and again are zombie-related, so I just thought I would share them <laughs> one more time, and hopefully you'll find a little bit of enjoyment out of them. All right, the first one is Cargo. It's a loving story of a zombie dad. That is, a dad who has been bitten by a zombie and his uh, quest to make sure that his child survives when he cannot. So uh, it, it's it's a really heartbreaking tale. It runs just over seven minutes. It's originally called The Balloon, um, but it is it was a, a finalist in 2013, so uh, you can watch and see exactly how well it's aged. But in, in my or for my humble opinion, uh, I'm not a huge horror fan. I like certain genres of things that are horror esque. I like some zombie movies. I like uh, more of the uh, the paranormal uh, uh, aspect of things. So you know, similar to the. <laughs> 
that podcast that we talked about on the last episode. But um, this this is uh, one of those uh, things that hits you right in the feels. This particular video that's uh, that I'm not going to do too much to over or undersell it, but I got to tell you, it, it's it's better than a lot of other movies that are like full two-hour-long movies that are out there. So you could head on over to the Caffeination and actually uh, check that out. It'll take seven minutes of your time. It's seven minutes I guarantee that you will enjoy if you like zombie stuff. All right, now this is a fun little article from uh, a long, long time ago when we had just moved into our new building at Temple Architecture. Uh, but the funny thing is that uh, I found out that some of the printers that we had around the office c- would actually uh, were still susceptible to something called the HP printer display hack. What that meant was that you could take the little uh, monochrome display on top of some of the printers, connect to it via... Um, HTTP and change the message that was there. So the ready message specifically is the one that you could edit. So instead of ready, you could say that it needs blood or it wants brains, and which is one of the, uh, that sounded more goat-like than zombie goat. I know there are zombie goats in uh, Goat Herder <laughs> Deluxe, or uh, Goat Simulator, rather, uh, which is a game, but uh, the Magnus Mortis Opus is up next, but that's a little bit more on point for it. But uh, when the ready light's on, you, uh, if you download the uh, HP printer display hack, you can change the, the text up to, I think, uh, 32 characters. So I made it spell out brains and need blood, insert coin to continue. That really confused the freshmen at the time. Um, so it was kind of fun to play around with that and, uh, people keep searching for it. So I just keep, uh, putting it out there. The other fun thing that I've noticed that, uh, has improved slightly is technology over the past, uh, let's just say six years since I produced episodes and was regularly writing on the website. One of the things that did not improve over the course of my writing was my spelling, And as I've been linking to these articles, what I've been doing is going back into them and doing a deep dive so that I could actually kind of, you know, pick them apart and see, okay, what was I really trying to say here? And some of the shorter ones are simpler ones. It's like, okay, I spelled different wrong. I spelled beautiful wrong. I put an I as a lowercase, and that's all simple. But one of the, the best advancements recently has been for uh, Grammarly. So I highly suggest if you are somebody like me who is spelling deficient or grammar deficient, or if you're unsure about your use of commas, semicolons, or anything else, I highly suggest using Grammarly as a uh, free way to uh, kind of sort yourself out in web copy format. But um, it, it's really kind of uh, brought the discourse level up a notch. It, it's more in line with my uh, speaking level now, and less in line with, wow, they let this guy have a keyboard? Uh, he's allowed out of the uh, loony bin? So, yeah, I don't know what they were uh, smoking the day that they tried to do that, but still. Uh, Grammarly, the free version is well worth it. I have not yet upgraded to paid, but uh, you know, after we check out all the finances, it might actually just be worth it. <laughs> All right, moving right along to the next little thing that we got for you here at the Caffeination Podcast. But this is my absolute favorite thing. What this was is the Magnus Mortis Opus. That is the Caffeination Grand and Completed Zombie Plan. So what we had noticed was uh, during one of the episodes rather early on uh, in, ooh, I think 2012... 
uh, or no, 2010, I think it, it originally started. We started talking about zombie plans and the fact that you got to have a zombie plan if you're really trying to uh, to, to kind of hammer out some of the details of how you're going to survive the eventual uh, zombie apocalypse that will soon be upon us, of course. Uh, and one of the things that I found that was kind of funny was that people were starting to submit ideas for what they thought would be the best way to survive a zombie apocalypse. Now, this is before some of the movies like World War Z came out. Now, I never read the book, and I've been told the book is a little bit better, or a lot a bit better, because it doesn't have Brad Pitt in it. But, uh, you know, more than welcome to uh, chime in on that. You can email me at uh, paul at caffeination.com if I'm speaking nonsense, as per usual. But um, over the course of time, we had a lot of people submitting different facts and figures. And the one thing I am capable of doing is sketching out facts and figures into a uh, fun little poster. So I made up the Caffeination Zombie Plan, <laughs> and we replaced the eye with a shambling walker. And we decided to uh, do have a series of do's, don'ts, uh, good advice, bad advice, and then I made a lovely downloadable version so that you can download and print your own PDF. So I'm just sharing that with the group one more time because it is my one of my all-time favorite things, and it's not something I planned out. It wasn't like, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to get everybody to send in their stuff. And then when people don't send in enough stuff, I'm going to make it up. And fake it till you make it. No, this was people actively sending in things and saying, do do this, don't do that. So just as a, a quick example, do arm thyself. Anything can be a weapon. Sharpen your skills and your blade. Do sever or smash. A zombie with no head is truly dead. A multi-tool, two hands, or your tool, <laughs> you have two hands. Your tool choice counts. So you have to make sure that you're not going to need something that has to reload. Don't. Crowds are bad. Avoid cities and population center. Fortify. Don't isolate. Limit the number of exits, but keep your options open for a quick escape. Avoid bodies of water. Possible sneak approach and limited movement for you. There is no outside. Stock up a plan. Do not come back for more. So basically, uh, <laughs> these are all the things that were around before The Walking Dead was a... Uh, popular series and it's uh something that's kind of aged well i'd like to say so i'm just sharing that with the group right now and you can still head on over there and download the uh wonderful little uh pdf that we put out there for you all right that about wraps up the zombie portion of today's show the next one is the origin of sci-fi now i was uh, kind of confused when this one kept popping up that people kept you know, referring back to but uh, there was a we did a show for the 100th anniversary of a trip to the moon by George Milieu, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it, it's a combination that's a loose amalgamation of two popular books from the Earth to the Moon by Jules Verne and the first Men on the Moon by H. G. Wells. Now these are two well-known authors that are in um, steampunk lore. So basically, the the people that. Uh, kind of predated all of our existing sci-fi and uh, other bits of uh, alternative universe kind of uh, mythology that was put out there. But uh, one of the really cool things is that this is one of the first films to actually uh, kind of experiment with that, and it was actually put out in 1902. It was originally designed to only display 14 frames per second. Your standard video right now displays around 23.94 
uh, frames per second. Uh, you can have 30 frames per second for some of the faster and cleaner video, and then there's like 120 and uh, 120 for truly high def, and then you need 60 hertz for uh, regu regular high def. Uh, so I think, yeah, 1080p is, or 1080p and 1080i are both at, uh, uh, 120 frames per second. And then, um, regular 720 is, uh, 720, uh, is at 60 frames per second. So these are all various, uh, or no, 480 is at 60 frames per second. I know I'm just babbling and, and telling you different numbers, but basically all you really need to know is that the higher def something is, the more defs it has, the uh, <laughs> the more frames per second. Now, this is so low def, it's no def. It's 14 frames per second, and at uh, 14 frames per second, it ran at just over 14 minutes. So the version that's available on uh, uh, YouTube is actually... A little bit quicker because they sped up the number of times per second that they actually put some of the stuff out there. So it's one of the things that I thought was pretty cool. The other cool thing about it is that it's one of the inspirations for the Smashing Pumpkins video tonight tonight. So if you've ever seen that video, then you can check that out. Uh, Alright, so that about wraps up that one. Now the next little thing I wanted to talk to you about as I was getting the... Uh, the podcast back up and in order. Uh, the two things that I really wanted to uh, make mention of are that I first fixed the website last week, and then I went and fixed the mailing list. And see, the mailing list was using an old, uh, old Mailchimp account, and unfortunately, I lost access to that Mailchimp account. It still had all of the old stuff that was there, but uh, we no longer have access. So in comes a new MailChimp account and a new way to sign up. So if you sign up, you'll get access to some of the, the stuff that you see here today. And we're going to continue to upgrade or update rather all of the thank you uh, stuff that's there. So once you sign up to the, uh, the mailing list, you're going to get access to some of the uh, cleaned up and prettied up versions of some of the different posts that are available. And I'm going to continue to go back through the uh, history of the Caffeination podcast and sort out all the uh, the fun things that are that are sort of just kind of uh, shifting around in there. But uh, one of the big things that I've been doing this week is going through all the links that I had on the homepage. It's like, well, okay, so what podcast was I listening to way back when, and what podcasts am I listening to now? Because there was a certain period in time when my kids were both really young that I didn't listen to any podcasts at all. In fact, I didn't do very much other than, than just drive to work in kind of a, a stupor. So uh, one of the podcasts that originally started me back down this dusty road of podcasting myself is 99% Invisible. Now, I love this show. Now, it, I don't necessarily love it as much as I love the uh, fine folks over at Astonishing Legends, but 99% Invisible, from an audio quality standpoint, is unmatched. And they do an unbelievable amount of research to actually get their show put together correctly, uh, laid out correctly. The sound design is beautiful. So if you like design and you like really odd stories about some of the designs that are around you. So, for instance, they did an episode that was on a street sign in New York. It was over top of, I know, it seems like a really weird thing, but there are graphic identity standards that exist 
and that people write up and there's like tomes of these things for what the uh you know new jersey dot and pen dot and all these other places and new york dot and y dot uh, Department of Transportation have written up these large uh, manuals of style for what a road sign has to look like. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting that somebody actually read what the style was, and when he found a deficiency in the in the uh, the available signage on his route home every day, and he kept missing a stop because it was improperly labeled, he actually endeavored to put a correctly fixed sign so he read through all the instructions made sure his stuff was the correct grade steel was the correct size was the correct paint colors and he made his own version of an exit sign and put it up in the middle of the night by <laughs> dressing up in a uh, in an orange uh, uh, vest and he was able to actually get through so it, it's and they left the sign up for quite some time, and it was kind of an open secret. There, it, another funny secret is that all of the signs, or the subway signs in New York, rather, are done in Helvetica. So there are different uh, guerrilla <laughs> designers out there who uh, have, at times, altered what some of these signs say by just overlaying a, the correct font and correct color on top of them. Um, so all of that was in one episode. Another episode actually talked about the Sand Hogs, the people in um, in New York specifically who built the Brooklyn Bridge way back when. So these gentlemen were uh, actually in caissons that were descended into the murky waters surrounding New York City, and their job was to build the footings at the underneath the river. <laughs> So uh, it's there's actually a union of people who that's their job to this day. They dig deep things, and so it it's it's kind of really really esoteric knowledge, and it's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think about it unless somebody started pointing things out to you. So since it's one of my favorite podcasts, I put it back into the links section, and I decided to share it with the group. So uh, currently right now, they have two different ways that you can get your information. So the one way you can get your information is by listening to the podcast. The other way, they have their own newsletter so that they share stuff that's either too long or too short to make it to their podcast. They end up putting it there. So I uh, highly suggest you head on over there and check it out. So uh, they have stories about metro archaeology. You can explore 700,000 artifacts uncovered in a Dutch canal excavation, you can, which uh, ties into our last episode. You can uh, design with care influential graphics of Apple's early Macintosh computers. So some of the first uh, stuff that's there, the the inferences of Pulp Fiction, how specialty printed, specially printed paperbacks won over American troops in World War II, and uh, post-narco-urbanism. So, I mean, they have all these really oddball stuff that, that that's out there that kind of runs the gamut. And then there's one episode that I have not listened to yet, and I uh, hope nobody ruins it for me because I'm saving it for the plane, but it's called Ninterobang. It's a potential new, uh, new symbol for um, punctuation. It's a cross between a question mark and an exclamation point. So... If you're interested in that kind of stuff, or if you just like, a little, or if you're looking for interesting podcasts, I highly suggest you head on over to 99percentinvisible.com. All right. Uh, next little thing that we got for you here is we are moving into the food and caffeinated bits section. There's only three little articles, and then we can head you out on your way. 
But the first article is the most talked about article here at the Caffeination Podcast, and that is how to make your very own coffee-infused vodka. Now, I don't know about you, but I happen to enjoy a good adult beverage from now every now and then. But there is a lack of coffee-flavored spirits that are not Kahlua. And for a while there, there were uh, some different spirits that were being put out by Three Olives, which we did a review of, and uh, a couple other ones where they had flavored vodkas, and they were trying to see if coffee was a big enough seller. Turns out it wasn't a big enough seller, so they ended up pulling a lot of these products that they sent sent to me to review off the market, unfortunately. Uh, so I have reviews of products and they shipped me products that ended up getting pulled. But, uh, this is how to make your very own version of coffee infused vodka. So in order to do this, you're going to need a couple things. First of all, you're going to need a one liter glass bottle or a large series of canning jars work just as well. You're going to need a half a liter glass jar. You're going to need 750 milliliters of vodka. Go for mid-level quality. You don't want really fantastic stuff and you don't want rock gut vodka at the same point in time. You're going to need 475 milliliters of water. You're going to need 300 milliliters or... or, uh, milligrams rather, of plain white sugar, so roughly 1.5 cups. You're going to need 3 milliliters of vanilla extract to dilute the bitterness, and then you're going to need, uh, yeah, coffee for yourself. You're going to need lots of coffee because you need to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. This is chemistry after all. So uh, we've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad. Let's cook. All right. Uh, and that's just because we're heading to Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right, so you're first going to bring the water to a boil, slowly adding in the sugar until it's completely dissolved. Now, what you want to do is you're trying to make a, uh, a sim- uh, something that's just slightly less than a simple syrup. Uh, so a simple syrup is basically one cup of sugar for every one cup of water that you do, and then for what you'll end up with is super saturated water and the super saturated water uh, will allow you to add more sugar in than you'd normally be able to dissolve so it turns into a syrup so uh, what you do is you add these all together Uh, then you stop adding sugar when the sugar stops dissolving so that's where we got that then after that you're going to add your half a table or a teaspoon rather of vanilla extract two to three milliliters then you're going to boil for another three to five minutes to remove any of the excess water that you can so put it on a low simmer so that you're not actually splashing uh, sugar syrup all over the place so now the vanilla is in there to offset the bite of the vodka and the bitterness of the coffee now depending on the level of vodka that you chose some of it's going to be a little bit harsher than other stuff So now this is the preparation process. You're going to take coffee that has been ground as if you were going to do it with a French press. You're not going to take full beans and throw them in there because it's going to take forever to get any kind of infusion. But you're also not going to take powdered espresso and put it in there either because if you did that, you would end up getting a lot more of the oil being extracted and a lot less of anything else. So the first thing that you're going to do is you are going to gather up your uh, coffee grounds uh, that have already been ground to roughly chunky sized that are that are French press a little bit uh, larger than you would get for standard uh, Folgers, chock full of nuts, whatever else. So when you open up the can of those and you look at the size of the grounds, you want a little bit larger than that because you want something that's going to filter out finely without leaving any of the dust in the final uh, 
vodka. So then you're going to take your funnel, drop it into the container. You're going to pour all of the coffee grounds directly into the empty container. Then you are going to slowly add in the vodka. I say slowly because the coffee does not necessarily mix with anything that you're going to throw in there right off the bat. Then you're going to cap it, swirl it around until it uh, ends up wetting all of the coffee grounds, uncap it, then add in the simple sugar until it's full. So at this point, what you have done... Wow, and that was really, really loud. (laughs) At this point, what you have done is basically made a slightly sweetened coffee beverage. (laughs) And the, uh, the, the lovely music kicks in at just the right time. Unfortunately, now, you can't do anything else. This is not something where you just sit there, wait, and then you can pour it back out and let get, let's get going. Uh, I have had to leave... I've left coffee in there for at least a weekend and as up to about a month. And the month was when I was sitting there and said, okay, how long can I do it and actually see if it actually extracts any more? I did not notice anything different between a week of extraction and a month. So you can theoretically leave it in. There was one comment on there. You can leave it in for up to a year if you really felt like it. But I have not uh, noticed any large differences after, let's just say, a week. So, And even then, this is an anaerobic environment. You're not necessarily going to be introducing uh, oxygen or anything, so you don't have to worry about uh, mold problems. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily drink something that had been... uh, sitting around for a year without any kind of preservatives in it at all. Then what you're going to do after you've already waited for the uh, prescribed amount of time is that you're going to pour this entire concoction into a French press if you have one, press it, and then pour it through a filter one more time. So a cone filter I found works really well poured through a funnel. So if this is uh, something that you have available, that's all something that you can work it out. Uh, If you do not have a French press, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have the funnel that you already used for the first step, pour it through in a cone filter. You're going to get the large chunks out at this point in time. It's going to take quite a while of pouring everything out. Then you're going to have to filter it a second time after you squeeze the grounds to make sure that you're using all or that you have all of the, uh, the vodka out. So it's going to be a little bit sloppier, a lot longer to actually do if you don't have a French press. And really, if you're serious about doing uh, coffee, why don't you have a French press or an AeroPress? But an AeroPress will take even longer because you're going to end up sitting there and pressing tiny bits of coffee after tiny bits of coffee. So a lot of the sediment is uh, what you're trying to remove here. All right, now that is the... uh, most searched article here on the Caffeination Podcast. It's something I've done about nine or ten times while the show was actually on. So I've done it uh, over a couple different batches. Tried to make sure that I was uh, keeping the instructions correct every time I did it. Now there are two different versions of the coffee vodka uh, article that were put out there. Uh, This is the second version, the much cleaner version, the one that was produced in 2011. There was an earlier version that was produced in 2008 that uh, I would probably not follow because it didn't work quite as well. All right, now the next little thing here we have is one of my absolute favorite bits of coffee design, or actually design at all. Uh, I found a lovely little uh, history of coffee cultivation 
poster that was over at SweetMarias.com. They had just shared something on their Flickr Facebook page or their Flickr page, and they were saying, "Hey, look, this is the way that coffee spread throughout the world." And it had all these archaic names for different places, and it showed that everything basically uh, relinked back to Ethiopia. Now, what I did was I eliminated the dates because a lot of the dates were guesstimates, and a lot of the uh, they, they would have messed up the overall flow of information. And then I dropped it into something that looked like a coffee cup and spread it around so that you can see how Ethiopia is the center of it and that it slowly spreads out over time until you get things like uh, Hawaii out at the very edge. That's one of the last places that they actually cultivated coffee. Now, the issue that I have with the start data of this is that it doesn't have Colombia on it. And if you have something that doesn't have Colombia on it, uh, Colombian coffee is kind of a mainstay, and it's kind of interesting that it was completely omitted from their chart. So, uh, all right, that that is what it is, but it is still one of my absolute favorite bits of uh, design, so I just wanted to share it with you. Uh, this is the uh, propagation schedule for uh, Ar- Coffea Arabica, so real Arabica coffee. <laughs> All right, and then the last little bit of news and stuff that we have for you today is my review of the Philips Seiko Cynthia. Now, this was a surprise when this thing showed up on my doorstep. Uh, I did not exactly know what I was getting into. This is a massive, super automatic espresso machine. Uh, So you put the beans in the top, you push a button, and it makes espresso down at the bottom. You will be very pleasantly surprised to know that six years later, I still have the demo unit, and it is still producing unbelievable coffee. So it is a design piece that is so simple. My, at that point in time, five-year-old could do it, and my now 11-year-old still does it for me every once in a while. I'm like, hey, Paul, can you go make me coffee? And believe it or not, he actually still does it. I know I'm probably on borrowed time with that one, but there's a cool little video where he's doing it for me in there in his five-year-old self. So uh, the article still stands up. It is a beautiful way to make coffee. Super automatic espresso machines run you roughly anywhere from 1200 to $1,900. So if you have that kind of coin laying around, you can uh, definitely look on over at Amazon and see what they got available. But this review particularly was for the Philips Seiko Cintio Super Automatic Espresso Machine, and I absolutely love this machine. Still to this day, it is sitting on my... Uh, countertop i've only ever had to take it apart twice to clean out the innards uh completely and totally uh there are pieces that obviously come out very easily that make it very easy to clean but uh beyond that like a a a deep cleaning shall we say i've only ever had to do it twice and that was when the quality of coffee started to suffer and uh even then the the (laughs) The folks over at Phillips uh, were very, very, very uh, helpful when it came to uh, helping me troubleshoot what was exactly going wrong. And one of the times, uh, it was a dead simple reason I had accidentally pulled out the water take tank while it was uh, while it was uh, charging up. And they said, "Oh, if you just look at the manual," and then they sent me a PDF of the manual. And sure enough. Two of the different error lights that were showing up on the top of it, where it's like, hey, if you push this button, push this button, and uh, hold this, you're fine. 
and it it worked out, and it's still working perfectly fine. And I know I've probably jinked myself, so I'm going to knock on wood. But yes, uh, it is a beautiful espresso machine. All right, and that about wraps it up here today. The final thought here for today is where do we go from here? I'm going to continue to find cool and fun uh, caffeinated articles that are going to be shared out there. We're going to find more techie and uh, and geeky things to share with the group. And you can always find stuff over at www.caffination.com. That's where all of this content will be lovingly nestled. So if you are interested in contacting us, you can email me at paul at caffeination.com. You can email Steve at steve at caffeination.com. When he shows up, he is on the show. When he doesn't, he's not. Uh, We have our listener line at 215-240-1319. This is the high-octane caffeine culture and technology news that is the Caffeination Podcast. We are, as always, sponsored in part by Puzzle Piece Production, Design That Fits. That is my uh, web design and graphic design company. So if you'd like pretty things that actually do good work, then you can head on over to PuzzlePiecePro.com and uh, contact us there as well. All right, thank you very much for listening, and stay caffeinated, people.